Hey friends, welcome to Tuesday, June 6th. Thanks for joining me for Enough for Today. We're in Psalm 79, and I'm going to try to be brief. I've been talking too much in the last few episodes, and so we'll try to give you some of that time back in the coming few days. So turn to Psalm 79, verse 1. O God, the heathen are coming to thine inheritance. Thy holy temple have they defiled. They have laid Jerusalem on heaps. This is the Babylonian invasion. They besieged Jerusalem. And now here's the situation, too. Uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah foretold this, Jeremiah foretold this and, and watched it happen. Jeremiah was interacting on a regular basis with the king. There was a lot of activity in the city of Jerusalem that was pagan and that was of sort of a cartel nature. It was a perversion of Judaism. The leaders, those that are referred to as servants and saints in this passage, had perverted the worship of God. They were exploiting the people. They had turned into pagan idolaters. There was a national apostasy happening and Jerusalem was corrupt to the core. Now remember that because in addition to that, there were these faithful remnant people who still loved God and who grieved the apostasy and grieved the idolatry. One of them was Isaiah, I'm sorry, one of them was Jeremiah, uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Ezekiel. We have some names of some, some of these people, but there were many of them who lived in Jerusalem that were grieving the national apostasy, but yet they, were, they didn't have control. They weren't in leadership. Uh, they weren't the king. They weren't the, the ruling religious class. Uh, and so this, this group of people has led this nation astray. God has told them, if you turn back, I'll hear your land. I will restore. I won't do this. But finally he said, okay, it's game over. My chastening judgment will now befall and Babylon is going to come in and take over. Now here's the thing. Jeremiah told the king, give in. This is the work of the Lord. Surrender to the king of Babylon. He will come in and you will become a vassal state under the ruling of the Babylonian empire. You will pay them obviously taxes but they won't wipe you out. They won't kill your people. They won't destroy the city. Uh, You'll live in peace under Babylonian rule. This was Jeremiah's prophecy. Cooperate with God. Cooperate with the Babylonians and how he's using them. And then eventually he's going to judge the Babylonians for what they have done. Um, Well, there were these false prophets that hated Jeremiah, hated what he was saying, and that were saying pleasing things to the king. They were countering the message with, with epithets that were just making it up. They just were saying what, uh, what, not what God said, but they were saying he said, um, like, you know, we go, go, we can get them, we can take Babylon, it's okay, God's gonna deliver them. And, and not, that was not the case. It was false prophets, and the king rather would listen to the false prophets than to Jeremiah. Now, here's the thing, he knew that Jeremiah was telling the truth but he just didn't want to deal with it. It was politically complicated and he was giving in to peer pressure and caving to political pressure. And so in the end, the king refused to cooperate with Babylon. And so in the end position, because there was continued resistance, continued resistance, the Babylonian invasion was far more destructive and much bloodier than it should have been. And I want to just side side note this. That's always the case with God's judgment. He is always long-suffering, long in mercy. You read uh, the, the great tribulation in Revelation, all these terrible things befall planet Earth, and yet men still do not repent. Okay, so God waits a long time 
And then he begins with small measures of chastening and judgment and that accelerates and accelerates. And if we, are, if we remain unrepentant as people, as a nation, uh, like the nation of Israel, then the judgment increases. And this is what happened. And finally, Jerusalem has been laid waste. Lots of people have been killed. Lots of people have been taken into exile. And the, the city is now in heaps. And the, the psalmist is grieving grieving that the heathen have come into the inheritance of God, that he's allowed this to happen. Uh, the temple has been defiled. Jerusalem lies in heaps. Verse two, dead bodies of thy servants have they given to me meat to the fowls, flesh of thy saints and of the beasts of the earth. Their blood have they shed like water round about Jerusalem. There was none to bury them. So Jerusalem is a, is a bloody wasteland of death and destruction and carnage. And there's no, nobody even to clean it up. Uh, the birds are feasting on the corpses. It's a terrible, it's a terrible scene, but it was totally avoidable. And it was, it was a nation's choice to reject God, to rebel against him, to defy him. And it was the leader's choice to lead their nation into this terrible, terrible place. We are become a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn, derision to them that are round about us. And yet there's this remnant. How long? Lord. You have those who are faithful, those who lived through the judgment, the chastening, who still love God, who are weeping, who have nothing now. They're going to rebuild their lives, but God's going to walk with them. God's going to provide for them. Even those that are in exile, God's going to take care of them. But what is their cry? Lord, can you turn away your anger now? Can you turn away your chastening? Can you turn away uh, your justice? Will you be angry forever? Shall your jealousy burn like fire. Now these are rhetorical questions because we know that he's a loving, redeeming, faithful, steadfast God. And we know even as he prophesied these judgments, he prophesied return. He prophesied restoration. He prophesied redemption and salvation. And so we'll pick it up here tomorrow. Thank you for being here and have a great day.